Chapter 8 The Black Cross The dawn bird chorus woke Alfie early the next morning. The twins were already up and sharing out the last of the loaves Bryn had brought with them. Amy was still asleep, and the woodsman was nowhere to be seen. Everything seemed better in the light of day with the sound of the twins squabbling over who was going to wash last night's bowls in the stream and the birds filling the forest with song. Thanks, Robin, he said as his cousin handed him a flagon. He took a long drought, enjoying the cool, fresh stream water. Amy was still sprawled out under her cloak in the other shelter, a little drool running from the corner of her mouth and her hair sticking up at odd angles. He grinned and crept towards her with the flagon of water, finger pressed to his lips so that his cousins wouldn't say a word. Standing over her, he tipped the flagon so that a thin stream of water poured down on the back of her neck. He leapt out of the way as she woke with a yell and jumped to her feet. You're so dead, bloomers, she yelled, putting her head down and charging at him like a bull. Alfie leapt nimbly out of the way, only to slip on the mossy rocks. Amy saw her opportunity and swept his legs out from under him, sending him splashing down into the stream. You totally deserved that, laughed Madeline, grasping his arm and dragging him out of the water. Yeah, I did, grinned Alfie, his teeth teeth chattering as Amy tipped the rest of the flagon over his head just to make sure he was completely drenched. I see everyone's up and bathed, laughed Bryn, appearing from between the trees. He heated a pan of butter in the pan and proceeded to scramble a dozen eggs he had collected. Woodland hens lay the best eggs, he said, as they scooped out the scrambled eggs with hunks of bread and munched away. Everyone was keen to get back to the castle to hear how Orin's research was going, so they packed up quickly and put out the fire with stream water as soon as they had finished eating. Leave the shelters, said Bryn. I'll take them down later. Alfie felt sad as they hurried back through the forest. He had been looking forward to two weeks in the past, learning from the druid, but they were returning only after a few days. Would he even get the chance to come back? Maybe he could never return as long as Agrodon was still at large. The village was quiet as they passed through. We must be up before everyone, said Madeline. But Alfie felt a growing sense of unease and knew that the others did too. John! Bryn called to the only person they saw. Bryn? nodded the man, stopping work on the fence he was mending. Where is everyone? off searching for the animals that escaped last night. Something must have put the frights up them. They busted straight through the fences. Don't suppose you have seen my horses or sheep? Sorry, said Bryn, grim-faced. I'll round up, uh, round up any that I see. No one said anything, but Alfie could only think of one thing that could have frightened the animals so much. Alfie, said Amy, gripping his arm. I had another dream last night. I forgot about it after you woke me like that. I don't remember much, just that the castle was in it, and Orin, and Ashford. Alfie looked up at the castle's chimneys. 
there was no smoke rising from any of them. He clenched the talisman around his neck like a lucky charm as they raced up the hill. Amy was leading the way, and she stopped dead as she reached the top, staring across the moat. What is it? asked Robin. Is the drawbridge up? Amy didn't answer. Alfie stepped around her, and his heart skipped painfully in his chest. Scored across the underside of the raised drawbridge was a mark, a black cross. No, cried Madeline. How do we get in? Alfie asked, grabbing Bryn's woolen waistcoat as he stood staring in horror at the black mark. Alfie tried shaking the huge figure, but he was Im- he was as immovable as a mountain. Bryn, 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 is there another way in? He shouted, pummeling the woodsman's chest. Robin was staring ashen-faced as Madeline and Amy frantically looked for a way to open the drawbridge. Right, yes, the drawbridge, said Bryn, snapping back to life. He flung himself onto the ground by the moat and reached down into the fast-flowing water. Where, where is it, where is it? Oh, come on, where is it? He muttered as he shuffled along on his stomach, searching for something in the wall of the moat below the surface of the water. Ha-ha! he said suddenly. Alfie peered over the edge of the moat and saw Bryn had seized a small handle set into the rocky bank. He gave it a tug. Instantly, a loud clanking began and the drawbridge started to lower, all too slowly, towards them. Alfie couldn't wait for it to drop. He clambered up onto it, racing across it as it thumped down into position and the portcullis rattled up into the gate tower. The others followed Alfie as he ran into the courtyard. Orin! Ashford! He yelled, echoed by Madeline and Bryn. The courtyard was eerily silent. He flung open the door and ran through the castle, shouting cold dread, building as he darted through empty rooms. The library! shouted Robin, running up to the stairs. Alfie overtook him on the second flight, barreling along the corridor and burst into the library. It was empty, but the entrance to the study was open. Fearful of what he might find, Alfie crept towards the door. Orin, Orin, he whispered, tiptoeing through the little passage and into the study. The druid was sitting in a chair with his back to them, every surface around him covered in books. He was slumped forwards, head resting on a pile of papers on his desk, onto which a guttering candle was dripping wax. He's been working all night, said Robin. Maybe he fell asleep. Alfie could tell that even Orin didn't believe his own words. One of Orin's arms hung down by his side. Ink dripped from his fingers onto the scattered papers below. Bryn rushed over to the druid and shook him by the shoulders until his limp body slid out of the chair. Bryn caught him, and Alfie hurried over to help him, help carry him to the armchair in front of the fire. Alfie tried not to think about how cold Orin felt. Al? Al? He, he's not dead, is he? asked Amy. 
keeping her distance. Alfie hardly dared to breathe as Madeline bent to take Orin's pulse, dropping his wrist. She put her ear to his chest. She frowned and Alfie's own heart almost stopped beating as she grabbed a silver spoon and held it under the druid's nose, checking for steam from his breath. Alfie gripped Amy's arm as Madeline's side took a torch from her pocket and shone the light into each of Orin's eyes. Finally, the tiniest of smiles crept across her face. He's alive. The whole group took a collective breath and sank down onto chairs and rugs, shaking with relief. Oh, he might be alive, but only just, said Madeline. He's barely breathing, and his heartbeat is so faint. That thing, the wraith, bellowed Bryn, jumping to his feet. It did this to him. He had his... He had his... He had his back to it when it floated in here, and it drained the life from him. He didn't even have a chance to defend himself. I'll find that thing. I'll track it down, and when I do... He pounded his fist into his palm as Madeline and Amy guided him to a chair. Robin, brew some tea, said Madeline. Use that jar labeled mugwort and chamomile. Add some valerian, too. I think we could all use some. Alfie looked around the room as Robin brewed the calming tea and Madeline and Amy comforted Bryn. Nothing appeared to have been disturbed other than an overturned ink bottle on the druid's desk. The wraith really had caught Orn unawares. He clenched his fist at the cowardice of the man who had sent it. If the druid was right, the wraith had been searching for him, Alfie, for his magic, and had taken Orn instead. Had it found Ashford, too? Running to Ashford's bedroom, he threw open the door without knocking. Ashford was lying under the covers, a book resting on his chest. For a brief moment, Alfie thought he was sleeping. Ashford, he whispered as he reached out and shook his shoulder. There was no response. He wasn't going to wake up. Alfie suddenly felt as though the whole room was closing in on him. He staggered dizzily to the window. Orn and Ashford had been taken by the wraith. What if it returned for him, too? He had to do something, but what? He stood by the window, taking slow, deep breaths, as Orn had taught him, trying to calm his churning stomach and thudding heart. He gazed at the hills and watched the clouds scudding across the sky as he willed himself to calm down. Finally, the cold, clammy grip of fear began to leave him as he watched the birds circling overhead. The birds! That was it! He bolted from the room, heading for the stairs near the, to the nearest tower. His hair was swept back by the breeze as he stepped out onto the top of the tower and spun around searching. He finally saw what he was looking for. A raven perched down on the lower battlements pecking at insects, trying to hide in the cracks of the stone. Hey! Hey! Mr. Raven! He shouted, waving his arms about his head. The raven stopped what he was doing and cocked his head to peer up at him, as though wondering whether this strange boy was worth its attention. Please! Please! If you don't mind! 
I have a message to send, a message for Munnin and Bone. He crept, kept on waving and shouting until the raven finally decided, seemed to decide that he was interesting enough to pay some attention to. It launched itself from the wall and, with a few flaps of its powerful wings, it landed on the wall in front of Alfie, who jumped back in surprise at the size of the bird and its powerful beak up close. Uh, er, uh, hi there, Mr. Raven, sir, said Alfie, showing extra respect, just in case the raven was an aloof shapeshifter just like Caspian Bone. Caspian once told him that if he ever needed to get a message to him, he just needed to tell a raven. Well, this one seemed to be listening. Please, please, could you take a message to Caspian for me, please? The bird ruffled his feathers and gave a little shuffle which Alfie decided must mean yes. There's something out here, said Alfie. A wraith. We think it's after my magic. It drained the life from Orn and Ashford. We don't know what to do. We need Caspian's help. The bird was still staring at him. Alfie began to feel silly. Um, did you understand any of that? He asked sheepishly. Alfie knew birds didn't roll their eyes, but this one gave a very good imitation of the gesture as it cawed three times and launched itself from the tower to flap away into the sky. The others were seated silently around Orin when he returned to the study. It got Ashford too, he told them. The color drained from their already pale faces. Bryn got to his feet. Oh, you've got to leave here, boy, he said, pacing the room. Orn wanted you to go today. You can't stay while this thing is around. We can't go back, said Robin. We drank that potion, and it looks as though Orin didn't have time to brew the one that would let us travel home. Madeline could brew the counter potion if we find uh, the recipe, said Bryn. She probably could, said Alfie. But how would things change in our future if we left now? Do we leave Ashford here with you and Orin? What if it comes back for you? What if... What if they die? It could change everything in the future we'd be traveling back to, and we might... We might not be able to come back and help you. No! We can't go back. We need to stay and find a way to fix this and banish the wraith. But how, Al? said Amy. Even Warren had to come back here to research what it was and how to cure the people in her. How can we take it on ourselves? Maybe we won't have to, said Alfie. I just sent a message to Caspian. I'll bet he'll be able to help us. Maybe Orin found something that can help us too said Robin. I'll have a look. He hurried over to the books and notes strewn over Orrin's desk and began to search through them. Alfie suspected it was so that he didn't have to sit looking at Orrin slumped in his armchair, eyes, eyes blank and staring. Madeline got up and placed a blanket over him, closed his eyelids, and turned his face away from them. Alfie felt a wave of gratitude to her. Now it just looked as though the druid was sleeping. He was always amazed at Madeline's complete lack of unease around blood and sickness. He took a gulp of the soothing tea that Robin had left for him 
and tried to turn his mind from the horrible possibilities floating around his head. A cry from Robin made them all look up. He had picked up the ink-splattered papers from the floor and was staring at one of them. What is it, Rob? asked Amy. Take a look, said Robin, holding the page out before them. Alfie stared at the scrawl on the page. Oren had used the last of his strength to write a message with his finger in the split ink. Witch. Demon. Ra. Witch. Demon. Ra. Repeated Madeline. What does that mean? Maybe he thought the wraith was a witch or, she paused, a demon. No, I don't think that's it. Alfie chewed his thumbnail as he tried to make sense of the message. Look at the way the, his finger trilled ink down, down the page after the O. I think he lost consciousness before he finished writing. What do demon and row have capital Y? No, wait. Why do demon and row have capital letters? Maybe it's a place name. But it's not one I've ever heard of. There was a crash as Bryn leapt to his feet, sending his chair toppling. The witch, he shouted. He wants us to fetch the witch. What witch? asked Alfie, startled by the sudden explosion from Bryn. The witch of Demon Rock, said Bryn. She may be more powerful than even Orin himself, though she knows more about the dark side of magic than anyone should. He began to pace the room. Oh, I don't like it. I don't like it. No, no. But if that's what Orin wanted, that's what we must do. If anyone Calvin can help him, she can. Where is this demon rock? Asked Alfie, unsure about the sound of the place or the witch. Hmm, about 60 miles northeast of here is one of several islands. There are monks living on some of them, but not on her island. I know those islands, said Madeline. They're near Brambaugh. They're no Bamberg. Bamberg Castle. Sorry, kids. Hard word to say. Bamberg Castle. We sailed out to them on a school trip, didn't we, Robin? There were so many seabirds, said Robin, almost wistfully. Demon Rock was the really craggy one with the tall pillars of rock and the sea around it. It was covered in puffins. I don't see how anyone could live there, though. That's the one. That's the one, said Bryn. If we leave soon, we should get there by dusk. We'll hire a boat to row out to the island the next morning. Well, shouldn't we wait for a reply from Caspian first? Asked Alfie as Bryn marched towards the door. There's still time. I'll need to pack some food and water, borrow a cart from the village, and saddle up the horses. His face suddenly dropped, and he rushed from the room. Alfie and the others hurried after him, wondering what had upset him as he thundered down the stairs and out into the courtyard. Batsy! Batsy! He yelled, running towards the stable. Alfie could already see that it was no use shouting. Lying in the straw, as near lifeless as Orn and Ashford, was Bryn's horse. Oh, Batsy, said Bryn. 
stroking her long nose. Nearby lay Orin's horse and Wesley the goat, whose mouth was still clamped around a sweatshirt of Amy's he was chewing on when the wraith had arrived. The only creatures who didn't seem to be affected were the chickens, but they were silently cowering in their roost, afraid to venture out. I'm sorry, Bryn, said Alfie, putting his hand on the big man's shoulder. But if we can get help for Orin, we can make her better too. Maybe Caspian can help us. As if to answer him, there was a loud cawing from above as a raven swooped down into the courtyard. It perched on a post near the stable and bobbed impatiently. Its shoulders hunched. A small black glass vial dangled from a thread around its neck. It bobbed its head again and Alfie removed the vial. Did you speak to Caspian? he asked. Is he coming? The raven shook its feathers in a strange change came over it. It straightened up and raised its beak in an arrogant fashion as its eyes turned milky white. It opened its beak, but instead of a raven's call, a deep male human voice came from its throat. This is Martin, it snapped. What do you want? Alfie looked from the twins to Amy as they all stared at the raven. Isn't Munnin Caspian's isn't Munnin Caspian's business partner? Whispered Robin. I think he's speaking through the Raven. You waste time with the obvious boy," said the Raven. "What do you want?" We were hoping to speak to Caspian," said Alfie, staring at the Raven. If this was Caspian's business partner, he was very glad he wasn't meeting him face to face. His voice was terrifying enough. Caspian is away on business. He will not return for three days. What do you want? Your your help. We want your help, stammered Alfie. A wraith drained the life from Orin and Ashford. It's after the magic Orin gave me. Can you help us? Orin is Caspian's client, said the raven. Caspian will deal with the matter on his return. You will go home now. Take three drops, each from the vial, around my messenger's neck. It will enable you all to travel forward to your time. Alfie looked down at the vial in his hand, then stared back at the raven. So that's it? You're sending us home? You're not going to help? He asked incredulously. You are Caspian's clients. Me will deal with the matter on his return, repeated Munnin. That's not how solicitors work, said Robin, waving his finger angrily at the raven. It was a picture that at any other time Alfie would have found comical, but not today. Orin is a client of the firm, not just Caspian, and Alfie is too. You have to help them. The raven stretched upwards and spread its wings threateningly. I do not take orders from no one, especially children, 
It's bad. I have helped you enough. You will return home. Alfie had noticed Bren's face getting redder and redder as he listened to the raven. Finally, he snapped. Why, you straggly little crow! He bellowed, charging at the bird. The milky color faded from the raven's eyes. It shook itself and became much more bird-like as it screeched at Bren and flapped away from its grasp and up over the castle walls. I'm sorry, Wren panted as Alfie stared forlornly after the raven. It got me so mad, I didn't mean to drive it away. It's fine, said Alfie, sinking to the cobbles. We wouldn't have been able to reason with him. He wasn't going to help us. Man and I thought Caspian was arrogant, said Amy, miming swinging a baseball bat at the spot where the raven had been perched. No wonder Emily Fortune is scared of him, said Madeline. Who'd want to work for that? Alfie noticed Robin was chewing his lip, as he always did, when considering things he didn't like. What are you thinking about, Al? Excuse me, tired. What are you thinking, Robin? asked Alfie. Maybe he's right, said Robin. Maybe we should go home. Are you kidding me? cried Madeline, stepping in front of him, a spot of red appearing on each of her cheeks. You think we should just head home and leave Orrin and Betsy and all those people in Mickleswick while that, that thing, Amy sighed, is still floating around? She jabbed him with the finger. I'm not going anywhere. Alfie edged between them before Madeline built herself up too much into a rage. Think about it, said Robin. The Rafe is after Elfie's magic, so it makes sense for us to leave. Munnin said that Caspian will deal with this when he gets back. We don't know anything about this stuff, so maybe we should leave this to them. There's nothing much we can do ourselves, is there? What about the witch? asked Elfie. We could still go and see her. Mm, it would be a long trip without horses, said Bryn. Two days. If we left now, we might make it for before nightfall tomorrow, but we'd need to wait for the morning to row out there, and all that time the wraith will still be searching, Alfie. And be searching for you. Maybe Robin and the crow are right. You get yourselves home, and I'll go to Demon Rock and speak to the witch. How's the one in most danger if we stay? said Amy at last. He should decide. Alfie's head was beginning to whirl again. He didn't want to leave Orne and Asher, but he didn't want to risk Amy or his cousins being attacked by the wraith. But if he went home without knowing what would happen to Orne, would his future be very different? If Orne died and he didn't inherit the castle, would he even remember he had been back here in the past? His temple began to throb as he tried to understand how time travel might affect everything. What should he do? Everyone was staring at him expectantly. Finally, his thoughts seemed to click into place. He couldn't risk losing Orn and Ashford. He turned back to the group. We're staying, he said firmly. Madeline smiled, and even Robin nodded in agreement. Amy patted him on the back. We're with you, Al. Only Bryn didn't look happy. I understand the loyalty of Field of Orin, said he said. But if the wraith comes for us, I don't know if I can protect you all against it. 
Who needs protecting? said Madeline. We can look after ourselves. Yes, said Alfie. And with the dreams Amy has been having, maybe she'll be able to warn us. If it's coming, we're going with you. Bryn seemed about to argue, but then looked down at Alfie's set and determined face. I don't, I don't have a choice in this, do I? He asked. Nope, said Amy. So let's get a move on, and shall we?